it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Still really adjusting, Andy, to this whole concept. The next time I walk into the building and Allen's here, I just get to punch him in the face. I don't even, I mean, I don't even feel like I need to. The guy doesn't deserve it, but just because I can. It's a hell of a promotion. How often do you get a free shot at somebody just to see what it feels? When was the last time you punched someone in the face? Last There's time a good I, ask Slee question. Last time when was I, the last time you punched someone in the face? Last time I punched someone in the face? I can think of the last time I got punched in the face, but I can't remember the last time I actually punched someone in the face. Last time I got punched in the face was... Oh, you, I was you're not a real man? You yes. Know, you punched someone in the face? Well, no, I'm, I'm more of like a roundhouse kick kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's my feet, really, Brian, that are registered weapons with the government, not, not my fists. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't ask me when the last time I kicked someone in the face was. Yeah, this morning. Looked right. at me sideways. <laughs> he knows what he did. Oh, he absolutely knows what he did. And he, he felt these feet of fury. That w- I got to be honest with you. If you have to choose and can do both effectively... Kicking someone in the oh. face is way cool. Oh, hell yeah. I'm not recommending either one of them or advocating either one of them, but like, I am correct about that. Like, kicking someone in the face, way cooler than Oh, particularly them. if it's one of those like spinning roundhouse oh, kicks. Oh, yeah. If you can get some air, it's not even close. Oh, like a John Claude Van Damme yes. kick? Yes. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Or even just a crane, like Daniel San style. The crane? The crane yeah. kick from the Karate Kid? Well, like, to be honest with you, you set up for that and the guy didn't move. It's really their fault. At this yeah, point. last Everybody time, should know that's coming. I remember when I was bartending, I, I mean, this is a long time ago. I actually got hit in the face by a guy that was arguing about his credit card bill taking too long uh, to process. And, you know, this was out of my hands. I was busy. He kept yelling at me about it. And he was like, you hurry the bleep up. And I just look at him and I go, dude, shut the bleep up and go away. And he, like, reaches across the bar hits me in the face and it didn't for money maker right it, exactly i mean this is this was like travis's voice is sex hey, my sex. face sex it didn't floor me like it, you know it brushed me back a little bit and my immediate reaction was just did that just happen yeah. <laughs> like did that dude just hit me in the face because like it's not something you expect to happen to you. No. Like, you know, we are, for the most part, although I think moving in the wrong direction, <laughs> we are a civilized society. And for the most part, you walk around in this civilized society not expecting to get hit in the face. No, we have, I mean, we have rules against that. So before, you know, my immediate reaction wasn't even like, oh, hell no, I'm going at this guy, even though after a few seconds later was, oh, hell no, I'm going after this guy. And I went out from behind the bar. My immediate reaction was just, did that just happen? You know what? You know what? You're, you had the exact same progression in your reaction to Isaiah Stewart after he caught the elbow from LeBron. Yeah, actually, that kind of did. Oh, the, the, the fist, as it turned out to be. Yeah, it really, is, it was LeBron's hand that got. And like he was like, "Wait, what, what happened here?" And then once he saw the blood, yeah, it, it took me a second to register. Like that guy just hit me in the face. Yeah, I don't think I've ever like I've hit people in the in the head. Like in the context of a hockey game, like when I like in, in sports, like I've done stuff like that. But in like daily life, I don't think I've ever punched someone in the face. It's, it's been a minute. I can't think of the last time I punched someone. Well, Laker fans felt like they got punched in the face by Russell Westbrook nice on Christmas. That was yes, really done. Did. That was well done.
They did. Uh, Russ, Russ didn't play well. <laughs> you know, LeBron, and we're watching LeBron do superhuman things, Andy. And LeBron went for 39, 9, and 7, shot, uh, I think it was 14 of 25 on Saturday. He's gone for 39, 36, 34, and 31 since Anthony Davis was out. And Russ has actually played pretty well overall over the last month compared to where he was at the beginning of the year. But he was terrible on Saturday. Yes, he was. Four of 20 from the floor. Missed a bunch of layups in the second half. Missed a dunk. Like, got blocked by the rim. And really was took the blame for a bad loss Saturday on a lot of levels. Frustration mounting. People are talking even about time for Russ to be traded. They've been, for, they've been having that talk for a while. Time though. for Russ to come off the bench. Yeah. Time for Russ to not finish games. Mm-hmm. How? Let's start with this. How realistic are any of those things? It ain't happening. None of them are <laughs> happening. I mean, the, if if they had better options to start or close games, I would recommend that they work through all of the inevitable superstar politics and the awkwardness that comes with mm-hmm. not giving Russell Westbrook, a guy of his stature, that role. They don't have better options, particularly right now without Anthony Davis. Flaws and all, frustrating elements and all, Russell Westbrook is the second best player on this team, and it ain't even close between him and whoever the hell you think is who number is, three. Who is, this is a fundamental problem with where the Lakers are right now. Who is the third best player they can put on the floor? Let's you know what. Let's take Anthony Davis out of it, but put all the guys in the protocols sure. in. Right. Because you know Reeves should be back reasonably soon, and Ariza reasonably soon, within the next week or so. Sure. Who is the third best player the Lakers can put out on the floor while Davis is hurt? Gun to my head, Malik Monk. Slash, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, what what different? If I say Monk or Carmelo Anthony. Or pretty much anybody else that it would be might be Austin Reeves, maybe I don't know. I, Thd, sure, sure. The answer doesn't matter because no matter which one I name, it ain't close to good enough. I mean, really, like I'm not even looking to debate this because the, the answer doesn't matter. It's that the answer doesn't matter. That's what's important, right? It's like debating which one of like the the hosts at this station is the best basketball player. Like, everyone sucks. It doesn't matter. (laughs) We're all terrible. We've we've demonstrated that back in the day. Oh, I know. That's probably good that we stopped doing that uh, back in the the days of the celebrity charity basketball game. It's not that those guys are bad players, but when you're asking, you know, I'm actually, you know, Malik Monk was a great signing at the minimum and is one of the few guys, I think, that that they've picked up on those veteran minimums where you look at and go, I'm actually kind of pleased with how that's worked out. Um, it's it's been pretty much as advertised. Guy can come in and score, not great defensively, but willing to try, um, and gives them an element that they didn't have certainly last year as instant offense off the bench. He shouldn't be your third best player. If you have if he's your third best player, your roster's got problems, and the Lakers were designed to be this way, uh, very top heavy with a great top three where everybody else is sort of designed to supplement and elevate that and make it make kind of all the parts work a little better. Westbrook is easily their second best player. And if you're benching him because you don't like the fit, 
I mean, okay, fine. You know, you can space the floor a little bit differently with some of these guys, but you know, I get it. Fit matters, but talent matters too. And pulling Westbrook off the floor is counterproductive and trading him is impossible because the team that the only team in the league that I think would have, that would have been willing to trade for Russell Westbrook did it in in the summer. Yeah. It between the lack of want for Russell Westbrook around the league and the complications that come with trying to move a forty million dollar contract. Good luck. He with might that. decline his option. Good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, th- this is the deal right now for the Lakers. Hopefully, for better, perhaps for worse. Either way, you have to make it work with Russell Westbrook because there's no other alternative, and he is still, even with Anthony Davis back. He is in the upper half of your talent echelon. Upper half, and it ain't upper third, upper, and it ain't yeah. even close. So, all right, the knives and the the torches and the pitchforks were out for Russ, who was he was legitimately bad. Yeah, he was on Saturday. But how much of a problem is Westbrook? Like, in in, in terms of how he's playing, in terms of his performance on the floor, and all that stuff. Because as bad as he was on Saturday. We weren't saying that, you know, the, the for the week before that. So let, let's let's keep diving more into the Westbrook question. Uh, we'll do that next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code Eight Save. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so the Lakers, Andy, are going to um, try to right the ship in Houston tomorrow. If they don't win that game... It's 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 going to start. People are going to really start freaking out. I want to let you know, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit progressive.com. I wonder if they give you the pet too, <laughs> just to protect it. Um, but you know, central to this question of of how how the Lakers can weather this AD less period is Westbrook, who was terrible against the the Nets on Saturday. Thirteen points. Um, he did have. 12 rebounds, 11 assists, just goes to show a triple-double does not necessarily mean you played well. He was 4 of 20 from the floor. How much of fan anger at Russ do you think is legit anger at, like, he is underperforming, he is not playing well, um, he is getting he is an impediment to the Lakers getting where they need to go. How much of it is frustration over where the Lakers are to the point where he's become kind of an avatar for everything that's gone wrong this season and all the choices that they've made? I, what's the difference? At the at the end of the day, they are well, one in the same. They they are except you know one. Well, go ahead. I I I I think you can make a distinction, you, but go ahead. You can make a distinction, but you don't have to. And from a fan's perspective now, almost halfway through the season, in some respects, what difference does it make? I mean, if you're asking the average fan, is this all on Russ? I think a lot of them would say no, 
there have been a lot of things going on this season that are beyond Russ's power. But when you look at the issues that when Russ has issues, because on balance, he's actually been pretty good this season. But when Russ has issues, his issues are very loud, very demonstrative. Like I've said before, Russell Westbrook is the least subtle, least blendable player in the NBA. Like you don't finish an NBA game and go, you know what? Kind of forgot what Russ did. Like for better that and was for a, worse. A sneaky little clever play, yeah. Russ did. You, Russell Westbrook is an incredibly loud player when he's playing well, when he's playing poorly. So whenever Russ does things that aren't good, they are magnified. And then whether you think that Russ is the biggest problem, the only problem, et cetera, a lot of the problems are directly connected to Russell Westbrook because the trade for Russell Westbrook and everything that came with that trade, everything that left with that trade, and all of the different ramifications of that trade, even if they are not Russell Westbrook's fault, Mm -hmm. they are connected to him. So I think by now, for a lot of fans, you know those degree, those you know degrees of distinction don't matter. Right. The, the, the way I was thinking about it, and I think you're you're not wrong, Andy, but like Russ, the Lakers can struggle, and the trade can look like a poor idea. It can look like the kind of thing that when when the rumors were around, and that the Lakers might want to go out and get Russell Westbrook, might be the kind of thing that. People like us might have mentioned on our podcast, Locked on Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, five days a week. Wondering if that was a good idea. Like, hmm, that seems dumb. Um, there's got to be an easier way to improve the team than that. But Westbrook, his performance, like he spent the last month kind of doing what you would want Westbrook to do, and quite frankly, doing a like a like a responsible version of it, like. Not taking very many threes. He's cut his threes down, you know, to two and a half or whatever a game, you know, from five or six at different points in his career. And so that's what you want to see. The 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 choices he's making when he shoots those threes are more responsible. Um, you know, he's not putting up 29 shots a game on all that stuff. And over the course of the last five or six weeks, has started to kind of figure out how to be Russ and also fit in with LeBron, fit in with AD, and, and, and be his place with, with this group. So his, his actual play has gotten better. So sometimes I think it's like what I meant by that was you can blame Russ for things that aren't even his fault. Like he's doing what you would want Russell Westbrook to do. It's just that you don't want Russell Westbrook to do that. I mean, like, this, you, don't, you don't want him to be there. Brian, at this point, you're asking for fan freakout to be done in the most responsible way possible. Like, this is this is not how fans react to a championship season, or at least one that was supposed to be, that is now two games below. Are we 500. having fun yet? Yeah. People are going to be looking for folks to blame. And oh, the yes. Way, and the way that LeBron has been playing. Over the last five games, you know, without Anthony Davis, you can blame LeBron for Russ being here. You can blame LeBron for pushing the team in that direction. But in terms of the on-court actual product, LeBron James is not the problem. Russell Westbrook is going to be in the middle of all of this. Oh, I, I, I no matter totally, how you totally, totally. But it's a little to me. It's almost like he's become an avatar for everything that's wrong. Like DeAndre Jordan was the guy at the beginning of the season that everybody just piled on. 
and piled on and piled on and piled on because it was the concept of DeAndre that bothered people as much as the actual player. And by the way, the actual player hasn't played very well at all either, but it's like the fact that he was playing bothered people. It's like, why is he out here? Why is he on the floor? But you know what? That's not DeAndre Jordan's fault. It's not DeAndre's fault that he was starting games or that he was signed at all. They had the tape available. It's not like anybody, like it was a secret. If they signed either one of us and put us out there and we sucked, which we would, people would get mad at us, but it's not our fault. You knew I was bad when you signed me. And DeAndre, it's the same way. So in some ways... You know, in terms of the blame pie, do you blame Russ for kind of just being Russell Westbrook? Do you blame Palinka more? Do you blame LeBron, Lalinka more for bringing him in? You know, LeBron and AD and Rob for signing off. Do you blame Palinka for who he chose to sign around these guys? Do you blame Frank Vogel for how he's deploying them in his or I mean, the answer is yes. You can blame all of them. Actually, you know what? 877-710-ESPN. If you've got ideas for how the blame pie should be sliced up, by the way, the blame pie that we invented. We did. Mason, Mason and Ireland. Ireland stole. Yeah, and then the- and Then like NBA countdown. NBA and the countdown. Jump and and the, like like all, three generations of NBA programming on the, the mother network. Yes. Stole our idea. Yes, they did. But- 877-710-ESPN. If you've got it makes a me bl- want to punch Alan Sliwa in the face. <laughs> if you've got a blame pie <laughs> for how this thing should lay out, let us hear from you. What was that for? John and Steve stole our idea, but I'm not allowed to punch them in the face. Russell Westbrook was brought in in very large part to ease the non-LeBron minutes. And during this recent period, that has not taken place no. at all. The minutes, like literally the seconds LeBron steps off the floor, everything falls LeBron apart. LeBron was a plus eight in the in the or plus nine i should say in these in the game on saturday they lost by eight right but but here's the thing though those lebronless minutes were supposed to be russell westbrook and anthony davis that was actually the plan if you had asked somebody before the season began how do you think russell westbrook would do carrying a roster of Taylor horton tucker and a bunch of veteran minimum guys. Your answer would be terrible. Why would you ask him to do that? (laughs) That's actually what's happening right now when LeBron is off the floor. You are asking Russell Westbrook to carry a team that is nowhere close to playoff caliber, which does not excuse the things that Westbrook does in those moments. He often needs to play better in those moments. But Yeah, we have a roster construction thing going on Right, but that ain't the plan. The plan was not for Russell Westbrook to carry the roster at its absolute lowest. His his plan was supposed to be be able to put Anthony Davis on the floor with somebody else where LeBron can sit and it doesn't all fall to hell. Mm-hmm. That's what was supposed to happen. Yeah, it hasn't. And that was supposed to be Russell Westbrook's purpose on this team. Doesn't ch- it does not change well, it, the it, things it, he does it was, badly. It was a remarkably risky strategy. Yes, it was. I mean, like, it's not that it, it, I, I often talk about this, you know, different family members. Like, we all know people in our lives who, when given a range of options for whatever reason, will find the one that is what I call the path of most resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, this was that. Doesn't mean you can't get where you're going, and the payoff could be really good. 
uh, because you know Westbrook, particularly over the second halves of seasons over the last few years, has been MVP caliber. And I think the Lakers are counting on that kind of ascension over the course of this season. So where they have three guys who can play at an MVP level, and by the way, let's bring back a conversation about Anthony Davis and how he's played. Um, you know, we can, that's, that it's not, let's not ignore it. He's just out for right now. The, but the, the, there were easier ways. There were easier ways to put something like this uh, together. 877-710-ESPN. Uh, it is the most delicious and satisfying kind of pie. It is a blame pie. Uh, let's go to Enrique on line two, if I can do this correctly. I did it, or someone did. Enrique, you're on with the Kamenetsky brothers. Did I hang up on him? You did right, hang I'm up gonna, on him. I won't press any buttons anymore. Uh, let's go to Byron in Compton. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought I, I really thought Byron, I had a breakthrough there. Um, I, I I didn't. It's a Chris area, not Compton. I'm just reading what's on the screen. screen. (laughs) Okay. The thing thing that I had uh, told you um, prior to answer the phone was, back when we played DeRozan, which was a couple days ago, Robert Ory made a point of saying that DeRozan had 38 points, but not one of them was a three-point shot. It was foul shots plus going to the rim. He's saying that the Lakers, even though some of them can shoot threes occasionally, one for 13, you need to change the game plan and start going to the rim because every time you miss a three-point – the other team is scoring on us. And even if we come back and get a, uh, a lead from being down to, uh, double digits, we're losing it again in the third and the fourth quarter. I don't know if that's being tired. Well, it's, it's, Byron, the but here's plan, the thing, and, Byron, and it's a great point. And I, I actually watched that post game on Spectrum as well. The Lakers are designed to try to I mean, like they, they attack the rim. Westbrook's attacking the rim. LeBron's trying to attack the rim. But you can't attack the rim if you don't have spacing. And, the, and, and you can't. You know, you need to be able to credibly put guys on the perimeter and make shots. That's why they signed Ellington and, you know, Kent Bazemore and all these other guys that are, you know, Malik Monk, who are supposed to be legitimate floor spacers. You know, in the last couple of weeks, they've not shot the ball well as a team. But you need to be able to be a credible threat from distance to be able to create that space. But you're right. If you're, you got to get back in transition either way. Also, too, I appreciate the call there, Byron. Make sure you are listening because we got Factor Cap coming up next. But afterwards, I've got a stat about the Lakers' offense over the last 15 games, the last five games, in comparison to the season as a whole, that gets to a point Byron was making. And let's just say Laker fans are not going to be thrilled when they hear it. Yeah. But it's it's very important in terms of understanding one key component to why the Lakers have been struggling right. of late. Well, well, actually, we'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll let's take a couple more calls on here because people are waiting eight seven 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 ten ESPN to do uh, to to assign blame to the Lakers. We'll do factor cap after that. Um, so if you're waiting, we'll get to you next. But eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Who do you blame for this mess the Lakers are in sixteen and eighteen heading into Tuesday's game in Houston? Uh, factor cap coming up in about fifteen minutes. Seven ten ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Kamenetsky Brothers in for Travis and Slee, uh, Brian and Andy. Andy, we got this from Bilal Hilawi. We're asking the question, you know, how do you portion out the blame pie for uh, the, the 16 and 18 Lakers right now who are going nowhere fast? This from Bilal Hilawi. Um, I was vacationing in Africa when I learned the Lakers traded for Westbrook, which ruined my vacation, and now the Lakers season. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. I don't know if it's totally fair, but it's hilarious. <laughs> fair ain't got nothing to do with it. That is funny. This, uh, so these are these all coming to us at Cam Brothers. This from Ombre Triathlon at Never Stand Down 2. 50% health, 25% AD, 15% Russ. 10% coaching slash GM. So uh, Rob and and Clutch. Uh, which, so which both bu- GMs. Well, I would say that that basically means Rob Palenka, Rich Paul, and LeBron, LeBron James, James, and Anthony Anthony Davis. Actually, what do you think about the 25% for AD? Well, we'll get to some calls here in a second. It's actually 7710 ESPN. It's technically about 27.5% Anthony Davis because he's part of the Clutch brain trust. Ooh. And, he and, was involved in the Russell yes, thing. Yes, so that is actually 27.5% Anthony Davis. Um, but, like, he hasn't been bad. Anthony you know, Davis? AD. But he's not, you know what he has? He's been the he's been the 14th best player in the NBA. The 16th best. That's really good. Like, yeah. There are 30-something teams. Like, that's 30 teams, actually. Exactly. The NFL is more. Except they need him to be the fourth best player, the fifth best player, the sixth best. They need him to be one of those elite, elite guys, and he hasn't been. My hope heading into this season was that you would start to see this evolution where LeBron is still going to be the most important player on this team because of all the different things he can do, and he's maybe the smartest player in the league, and the respect and the stature and the leadership and the voice. Ultimately, everybody's going to take their cues from LeBron because that's just who he is. And Russell Westbrook could be the wild card in the positive sense. And there could be maybe like one out of every five or six games where Russ really takes over mm-hmm. in a great way. But Anthony Davis is their best player. Like Anthony Davis is ultimately the guy that everything runs through. And those other two guys and, and the, still matter yeah, a lot. The whole thing was set up for him to just beast his way through right. this season. And he's playing well. But what Anthony Davis has not done on even a semi-regular basis this season that they've really needed is for him to just put a stamp on a game Mm -hmm. where you just know that dude was here 
and he wrecked the thing. You feel him. Yeah. You feel him there. And you don't have that with Anthony Davis. Even in games where he plays really well, Mm -hmm. incredible skill, but he does not leave that feeling like like he ta- like basically like the equivalent of somebody mm-hmm. graffiti tagging yes. like you know they're graffiti Anthony tagging. Davis was here he hasn't exactly. banksied this season right exactly um, let's go to Ernesto on line two and I'm not going to touch anything and this time maybe Ernesto will get to talk uh, Ernesto in Fontana you're, you're on with the camera that's good brothers Enrique. either one hey guys I think <laughs> we'll get to the, Enrique uh, too hey I think the blame of the pie is 33.33% between Palinka, LeBron, and AD. But I'll start with Palinka. Uh, first off, this was never going to work. You got a dominant ball handler in Westbrook and LeBron, and uh, it was never going to work out. We needed space, uh, spa- spacing on the floor. Uh, it was ludicrous that he even did this deal, and especially at what forty-four point something million that's owed to to Westbrook. That's just that's just ridiculous. We should have kept the guys that we had. Uh, number two is LeBron for his influence and him having to handpick uh, all the players that he wants. It just has not worked out. I mean, Lager's legacy has been built off uh, a team uh, a team environment, and you have your role players that play a big role in the championships in the past. Uh, and then AD, just not living up to expectations. Injury prone, he's 13th in points right now, 13th in rebounding right now, and it's unacceptable. Um for the amount of money that we're playing, he he needs to be an elite player. He needs yeah. to be healthy. And between all those reasons combined, um, I think we really need to rebuild. I think we need to have we we need to possibly trade some of these guys and get younger. It's again. you know what it, that it's a, it's a it's a great point because and and thanks for the call, Ernesto. There is no rebuild. This is the team next year too. Like they got to figure it out because this is what they're going to look like next year. LeBron, AD, Westbrook, probably. There, never say never. Probably LeBron, AD, Westbrook, THT, maybe depending on what they do with the deadline. Kendrick Nunn, maybe depending on what they do with the deadline, and a bunch of minimum players. That's what it's going to look like next year too. With Austin Reeves, he'll be back. Um, Enrique in Santa Ana, you're on with Kamenetsky Brothers. Hey, how's it going, Cam Brothers? Appreciate you having me. Um, I want to go with the uh, the blame pie, fifty percent on Palinka. And that's twenty five percent per off season because I feel like <laughs> when it was when it was Magic and Palinka, you know, we, it kind of felt like a magical time. You know, it's like oh, LeBron's coming, the whole expectation, what's going to happen? But then the off seasons come around, and it's just Palinka doing his work. And I, I still remember two seasons ago, two off seasons ago, where they, they they didn't run it back after the bubble, you know. And you and that goes back to the you know the Krause back in the nineties with the Bulls, where they didn't run it back, you know. And I think any team that has that kind of potential on it already should have run it back. They shouldn't have gone to the Schroeder and Trez. And I feel like you know, Russell Westbrook was to, trying to cover up what happened with Schroeder I, and you know, Trez. Okay, Enrique, you know? thanks, thanks for the call because you're bringing up some really important points. And I, I completely agree with you. The Westbrook thing was designed in part to undo the offseason that came before. But I will say, in, in, in full fairness to Rob Palenka, I supported most of what they did that offseason, the idea that you don't get wedded to the team you have and run it right back because I didn't think running it back would be the best way for them to improve. It didn't work. But I will they were also they were twenty one and six before the wheels came off. I actually think they couldn't have run that team back, uh the championship team back completely just because the offseason was so short. Asking all of those guys to come back on that type of shortened season 
I think they needed some guys like mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder, like Montrez Harrell, Marcus Saul, Wes Matthews, guys that had not been on deep playoff runs to try to offset the fact that the other guys were basically getting like a month like and a, a month half and a half turnaround. I don't think that was realistic. It, it didn't turn out the way anybody expected. But now they made mistakes, though. I think, like for example, with Dennis Schroeder, allowing him to call the shots about starting, you know, right out of the gate, where Dennis Schroeder basically said, "I'm starting." I'm a starter. I think I should start. I want to start. And I think the Lakers treating that like they had a loaded gun to their heads because they were worried about not being able to re-sign him this past offseason. And Dennis Schroeder is best served as a super high-end six-man. Yes. Like guys like that are valuable. It's not a shot well, at Dennis Schroeder. They're worth $18, 20000000 million a year. No Den- question. Dennis Schroeder is not an ideal starting point guard. No. And I think stuff like that, Mm-hmm. hurt their season but in terms of deciding can't run it all back i actually think palinka was correct but i will say like earlier in the show when we were talking about the rams and we'll circle back to them in the next hour you know my sean mcveigh is at his worst when he thinks of the most clever thing that he can do and actually tries to do it mm-hmm. um you know say like he should mcveigh should think of the most clever thing and then go back to the fourth thing on the list and go do that thing instead. The fourth most clever thing, or the fifth. Because it's probably still pretty clever and less likely to be too clever. I think Palinka has a lot of that in him. I think he's a good GM. I think he's creative. I think he is aggressive. There's a lot of stuff in there that I that I think he can do well. But his worst tendencies are the ones for looking like he's the smartest guy. For um, thinking that his kind of intellect can can outthink what seems to be obvious and then he's like everybody else who's the GM of the Lakers or involved the Lakers he's a, you know love stars mm-hmm. and the inclination is always going to be can we get a bigger star can we get a bigger star and you know Buddy Heald makes a lot more sense DeMar DeRozan cap mechanics and all that aside like to whatever degree that was a live option easier easier to integrate with those guys but not he's not he's not Russell Westbrook he's not a splashy star-driven move, and that's Palenka. It's also the team. It's the franchise. It's Genie. It's all that stuff. So I um, mean, the the year they won the championship, the original plan was not LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a bunch of perfect role players. Mm -hmm. The original plan was LeBron, AD, Kawhi Leonard. Yes. And they waited and waited and waited for Kawhi to eventually go to the Clippers. The only reason they even got Danny Green is because Danny Green was actually waiting for Kawhi to make a decision, too. If if Kawhi and Danny Green had not been on that same Raptors team, they wouldn't have even, the Lakers, been able to get uh, Danny Green. Wouldn't have been an option. And then from there, largely, Palinka just brought back holdovers. Yeah. Like and, and, and this year, it's really like let's keep like Jamario Jones. Let's get the band back together. Super. Let's take one more. Daryl and Pleasanton. You're on with the Kamenetsky brothers. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Daryl. Hey, hey guys. Okay, I put this 100% on LeBron. 100? Please let me explain. 100%. Everywhere that LeBron is gone, he basically dictates who he wants on his team. He tried to do that in Miami. Pat Riley was not having it, and that's the only place where he got pushed back. If, you had, if he had waited one year instead of getting rid of all of our young talent, wait one year for AD to be an unrestricted free agent, we'd have all of our young talent plus AD plus LeBron 
They'd be set no, they up would, for they years. Wouldn't, they, wouldn't ha- they wouldn't have all of those players. They weren't going to sign all of those guys, and all of them wouldn't have signed back. But I understand your basic point. Andy, do you think it's fair? I mean, like, 100. Thanks for the call, Daryl. 100's a lot. <laughs> That's the entire damn pie. 100's a lot, but Daryl is correct that LeBron's influence with this team and all the different ways that he affects things that happen on the court, things that happen off the mm-hmm. court, what happens inside the front office, he's going to get included with a lot of different oh, facets I'm not of saying, that I'm pie. not saying zero. I'm saying it, even if you think LeBron on the court has played well enough that you would remove this from remove him from this altogether. Mm-hmm. LeBron the GM. I was going to say, it's difficult, I think, to come up with a pie where LeBron would be lower than 40%, okay, but he, he mentioned, 50%. Wow. Okay, he mentioned, though, Pat Riley. Who pushed back and said, you know, no, well, Spoles is going to be the coach and this and that, whatever. And, and well, we're not reframing after the After LeBron created the team that he joined, sure. How, how, much, how, <laughs> much, mean, how much pushback does, you know, we'll, and we'll, maybe we'll have to answer this after. How much pushback should Palinka, if, if Russell Westbrook was a bad idea, and the jury's still out, but early signs indicate that it certainly wasn't a great idea, um, how much pushback should Palenka have had with LeBron and Clutch and and all of that. Um, We'll get to that question after fact or cap which is coming up next. Cam and Eske Brothers filling in for Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, guys. This is factor cap. Um, We're excited. I know. About this. I know. Andy was here last week, but Brian, do you know what a cap is? I do now. <laughs> well, for our audience, a cap is a lie. That's right. That's what the kids say. That's what the kids say. I I, I didn't youth, know about this too, youths, man. Youths. I don't I don't use this in my terminology at all. I just say lie. But apparently, people use cap. No. Never That's trust true. anyone over forty. I gotta funches. be honest, Funchy, you're you're kind of an old guy now. I am, I am, I am. Around here now, I am. There's a lot of young kids around here. So yes, there yeah. are. Yeah, Emily's like eleven. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she really is. Um, so we have like a New Year's factor cap edition. Um, factor cap: the week between Christmas and New Year should be a national holiday. Just the whole week. The whole week. If you have kids, it already is. <laughs> Your kids are at home anyway. Like it is functionally for anybody who is a Nobody's parent. Nobody's really working except for like the skeleton crew they throw out. Yeah, on, except for us. Radio. We're working right, right now. Right. I mean, functionally, I think for for most people with children, it is no different than whether you formally named it a national holiday or not. It exists like it's a national holiday. Yeah, and I don't like how you have to sort of pretend that it's a working week, even though like to, like for for what I do, a lot of my my worries like you're writing stories, you're getting interviews, you're doing other, like. You can't get to anyone. Like, nobody's available right now. So, yeah, I think it, I, that's a fact. And you can kind of tell, fact. like, you know, what kind of day it is with traffic. I got here less than a half an hour at 8 o'clock in the morning. So, come From on, man. Lake Tahoe. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Uh, fact or cap. Um, you have to experience a Rose Parade in person one time in your lifetime. 
I would I know? Or, I've never or gone. What? <laughs> I'm not doing that. Or what happens? Like, what? I, 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 like, I don't know. I I'm, mean, s- I'm saying that's cap. I mean, I've lived in L.A. for over 30 years. Not only have I never been to a Rose Bowl parade. No desire. No desire. None. I've lived in L.A. long cap. enough to experience. Some people got the desire to go to. Yeah. The- nope. I mean, good cap. for them. If you want to do it, great. I'm just telling you, somebody who's lived in L.A., for over 30 years, I promise you, you can get the L.A. experience without ever having gone. If you're gone. into that sort of thing, it's it's fine. I mean, here's what I would say I would do. Um, I'd be much more interested in doing that thing where they open up the, the big warehouse to where you can go see the floats being made. Like, that seems much more interesting to me. I, I am not a parade person. Um, I think parades are stupid. Um, I think they're particularly stupid at Disneyland. You go to Disneyland and you have three quarters of the park sitting along sidewalks waiting for some stuff to walk by. That's when you go ride the rides, you morons, because there's nobody waiting. And I think the, I think the parade people are, are, are rubes and, and they're, they're being taken advantage of. And they should all uh, be, uh, uh, you know, yelled at. You know, that's parades kind of, are stupid. <laughs> that's kind of been one of my dreams in life to go to the Rose Parade and do the thing. You know, nobody's st- stopping you. I know that, but I mean, the more I think about it, when I get older, you know, to think about you know going out there overnight and staying in you know you third degree sit weather out there overnight. You do to get a spot. Yes, really? you, you they do. Don't sell, like, you tickets? can't just you just can't it's not go like going to the arc light. No, <laughs> no. I think there's t- uh, tickets for like bleacher seats or whatever. But if you want to sit on a sidewalk or whatever, oh, you can just my camp short, out. My list of things that are worth camping outdoors for to get is real short and that ain't on it you gotta want that what the hell are people thinking you gotta sleep outside yeah, to get a decent like, seat for the yeah Rose like parade? it's like black friday or something yes yes but what? they don't nobody does that for black friday anymore and you know what that was dumb too <laughs> i'm gonna spend i'm gonna skip three days of work to save 65 dollars on a television idiot go Some to work do. and do it online <laughs> God. all right we'll go to the next one this is the last one uh fact or cap new year's is the best holiday of the year cap cap if you've done New Year's, and you know, especially if you're somebody like me who's done a little bit of living, mm. um, once you've done New That's Year's, why his eyes don't work. So <laughs> once you've done a few uh, New Year's, once you got a few of those under your belt, you've done them hard. Little secret for you: they're all the same. They're all exactly the same, and all it really is is just getting drunk amongst people. That's it. So, getting drunk amongst people. At a premium price. Yes, that is With true. With incredible amounts of effort and work that go into yeah. it. Um, and, and all that. Like It's fun when you're younger. It can be fun. Sure. But the pressure is not necessarily worth it. And once you get a little bit older, you know what? It's the same as the parades. It's filled with idiots. Like, you know, different kind of dumb people. Oh, it, but it's New abso- Year's is Well, it's amateur dumb, hour. Right. New Year's is easily the dumbest holiday and i don't mean dumbest in terms of like why are we celebrating i mean it brings out the dumbest people. it does bring out the dumb it brings out the amateur and here's the thing too it can't be the best holiday ever if your goal is to live it in a way where you don't remember what happened That's like true. how good could it be if your goal is to be so blackout drunk you can't even remember what happened on new year's couldn't be that great and then it too you get into all the set of the side pressure we had valentine's day is hard enough like who am i gonna kiss at midnight what am i gonna like there's like, all this like yeah. social pressure, pressure for you where maybe. am i gonna go <laughs> maybe where that was pressure go? for you who are we gonna hang out with what's it gonna i mean Again, what are we going to do? Feels like you telling on yourself. There's, I mean, now who am I, I going to hang out with? Who am I going to kiss? I mean, I don't want to go anywhere. I, mean, I better be kissing my wife. No, but point. I'm just saying, <laughs> be very angry. This, this feels like you are letting out a lot of past anxiety. 
I'm in a glass case of emotion. I had some years where perhaps (laughs) loneliness (laughs) set in. (laughs) What wasn't cured by a new year? Yeah, I mean, you can't solve all your problems. You know, and like, but like, you know, like that kind of shame is already circled for February fourteenth anyway. Um, it just it is a holiday Look, where the dumbest people are honest. out in fullest force. Be honest, most holidays are a pain in the ass. <laughs> most holidays turn into a lot but like, of I, efforting. I don't like any holiday where the same meal that I could get for a hundred dollars cost me three hundred dollars. Just because it's New Year's, mm-hmm. that's stupid. Sure, and I don't, I don't support that sort of thing. In the same way that I don't think you should be sitting watching the parade when you could be riding the rides. Cap, 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 cap. That is absolutely cap. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress Vehicle Giveaway Program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. Learn more to keys at progress. Learn more at keys to progress. Uh, let's go back, Andy, to the Rams. A happier topic. Um, we'll do a little more Lakers before we're done. But the Rams, like, they were encouraging. Like, they got some. We got something to be excited about yeah. over the next month or two in LA when it comes to football. We'll do all that next. Kamenetsky brothers filling in for Travis and Slee with seven ten ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.